Hello, and welcome to The Multipod, the podcast where we talk all about multipotentiality. My name is Vanessa, and I'm one of the co-hosts of this here show, and I'm glad you're all tuning in today. In this episode, I'm talking with Niusha, who is a member of the Putty Tribe, and she recently posted about something she calls the Passion Distribution Theorem, which is a way of figuring out the exact or approximate time, attention, and level of expertise that she desires in each of her passions. And this post sparked a long thread of putty peep sharing how they have figured out their passion distribution. And the whole thread was super fascinating. It seems that most of us have thought a lot about how we break our time up and how much time and energy we dedicate to many interests and also how to prioritize them. My conversation with Nisha is super interesting. And not only was it interesting to talk to her about this concept, but also hearing her story as a multipotentialite in general was really fascinating. So enjoy this conversation between me and Niusha. Hi, Niusha. Welcome to the Multipod. Hi. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, really glad to have you here. Um, we were just chatting for a few minutes uh, before you got on mic, and I was like, I think I'd like to hear about your multipotentiality story, like how you discovered that you are one and that kind of thing. So yeah, let's start with that, if that's okay. Sure. Of course, I heard the term first through Emily's TED Talk. And before that, I didn't have a term for it um, because I thought it's something normal, uh, in quotation. I grew up in Iran until the age of 25. And in Iran, I studied physics for my bachelor's. And after my graduation, I started taking theater classes. And when I moved to the States, uh, starting my master program in mechanical engineering, I missed theater so much that I also started another master's program at the same time, uh, which was in theater oh, wow. studies. So, yeah. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I know, but it was the most fun I ever had. And during that time, um, I was also working on campus um, as an administrative assistant. So it was like, morning to night classes boom 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 one after another work and i would in, in mechanic when i was doing my mechanical engineering program i would take courses from other departments like industrial engineering mm. and when i was doing my theater program i took classes from music department from dance department from english so i wouldn't even commit to two programs at the same time or two departments at the same time i wanted to learned everything that was offered in that university and I found out that I am most happy when I am engaging all parts of my um, identity yeah and I I was enjoying studying theater when I had mechanical engineering classes before that and I was uh, mm. enjoying mechanical engineering classes after acting classes so it kind of showed me how I need to, I, I can't compromise my interests mm. and my passions. And, uh, and why should I compromise? Uh, well, that was a question for me. And I would say, I would answer to myself that you need to compromise some of it because there is not enough time and you have to focus on one thing. You wouldn't be mm -hmm. uh, successful. You can't find a job. You need to expand your network only in one field. But on the other hand, I wouldn't be happy uh, when I only focus on one thing. And after those two programs, right. I started my fourth major, performance studies, which is in itself is a multi-potential 
field because it's an intersection of several disciplines. They call it uh, transdisciplinary, transdisciplinary major. Performance mm. studies um, is the intersection of gender studies, social critical analysis, anthropology, psychoanalysis, political science, philosophy, arts, theater. What? That sounds so cool. I wish I could have gotten a degree in that. I know. It was amazing. And it was um, very demanding and very difficult. Uh, but it was the only time that I was fully satisfied with sticking to one major uh, because it, it, it because it encompassed so many different things. It was almost exactly. like not even just one major, right? Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So, and now I am working at an engineering office, and interestingly, the, the office that I'm working in is mostly in the civil engineering industry. So, mm. <laughs> and other engineering, yes. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, <laughs> I teach uh, math and I teach English. I am starting my um, experimental theater workshop in March. Cool. I have a panel coming up also in March called Redefining Identities in Data Science, uh, which is about um, wow. how the data science at the moment is not inclusive regarding the alternative identities, including but not limited to trans uh, people. Um, non-binary, intersex, uh, the racial identities that are much more complicated than the five categories that we always hear about. So I am... That is so cool. Sorry (laughs) to interrupt you, but I'm just thinking, have you heard of somebody named Kathy O'Neill? No. She is amazing. I think... Are you in New York? Yes, I am. I think she's in New York, too. And she's a writer who Mm -hmm. also, um, like, she has a book and she does a lot of speaking. And she is really big on data and Mm -hmm. how basically exactly what you're saying, how it excludes lots of different groups of people. Mm -hmm. She's fascinating. You should definitely go look her up. Um, You'll find her when you Google. And she has blue hair. And uh, I saw a talk that she did when I used to live in Vancouver, British mm-hmm. Columbia, and like it was just ugh, mind blowing. So definitely go check her out. Wow, thank you. I'm already actually willing her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. But um, that's really cool. I think that that's something that's so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I forgot this part that I wanted to tell you about my growing up because I grew yeah. up in Iran, and in Iran, the pressure, the society pressure from childhood, it, it at least in my generation was that you have to become an engineer or a doctor to be successful. Fortunately, the new generation is uh, rebelling against those standards and they are more drawn to arts and humanities now. But in my, my generation, to prove that you are smart or you are concerned about your future and you want to uh, be successful, you would go either to natural sciences like biology and medicine or engineering. And after that, Many, many of my friends that I knew after studying engineering at the top universities in the country, they couldn't resist their passion if it was in humanities or arts, and they would completely switch to arts and humanities. And this was a norm for me, that you as a person can have multiple dimensions, multiple interests, multiple passions. And when I came to the U.S., I came with that mindset. And I was very, very surprised after a few years of um, living in the um, U.S. and in New York particularly. And I saw that people are not really welcoming my multipotentiality. Everyone who sees my resume, they would ask, 
me with a really accusatory tone that what do you want to do with your life or why have you Ugh. jumped from one to another? And I was very oh, surprised. Oh, I've gotten that question that it, too. Yeah. Like I, in Iran, they would appreciate your multiple interests and multiple backgrounds. You, as if you are a very, very well-rounded, smart, passionate person. But here I had to learn how to respond to that question that I never even thought that it would come up in an interview or in an even networking event. That's really interesting. So you're saying that in Iran, mm-hmm. uh, when you were in school, there was an emphasis on like doing science or mm-hmm. uh, medicine or something in the STEM fields, let's say. But then now it's changed so that people are more accepting of the different fields? Um, yes, that too. But I meant that because we were kind of encouraged to follow STEM fields, medical sciences, there were many cases that after you, after college, after a bachelor's degree, young people would go pursue their passion. So that's why it was very oh, okay. common in Iran. Because gotcha. everyone kind of found themselves after they graduate or, or through college or after graduating college. Mm-hmm. So it was a really common and known and comfortable thing. And many Iranians that I know in the U.S., they play an instrument in a professional level and they're a doctor or they... Uh, Mm -hmm. We have many Iranians who work at Google or Facebook, but they also are actors who play in theaters in the Bay Area. So it it, it is a very well-accepted quality to be a multi-potentialite. That's so interesting because I've actually... I've known people from Iran, too, and mm-hmm. they've, like, been singing in choirs and, you know, their day job might be engineering mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they're a computer programmer, but they love to go dance and stuff like that. So exactly. that's actually really interesting. I never never realized that it was maybe, like, not a Ultra. unique to Iran thing, but a thing yeah. that is very common in Iran. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it um, it is cultural about U.S. that uh, frowns upon um Putting your like um, dividing your time between different passions, you always have to pick one mm-hmm. uh, route and just pursue that until <laughs> until mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> but um, something I really want to talk to you about is this post that you made in our mm-hmm. Putty Tribe forum, which is what made me contact you in the first place. Mm-hmm. You're such a talented writer. I'm just going to read a little bit about what you wrote. So you said that you found out something about your multipotentiality that totally changed how you look at it and how you look at yourself. Mm -hmm. And you said, I figured out that my many passions slash personas are not equally demanding. In other words, if I divide my time, attention and curiosity equally between my passions, I'm not fulfilled in any of them and in general. In fact, each of my passions has a different coefficient, which I don't Mm -hmm. know yet. And then you wrote something that I really love. You said, before this epiphany, I assumed each of my various sides crave and fight for the most effort and attention from me. And the optimized state would be achieved if I feed these hungry baby birds with equal worms of my time. It turns out the reality cannot be more far from this image. I just love how you wrote that. It's just like (laughs) the imagery that comes up is just so wonderful. So you went on to say that you sort of discovered this passion distribution theorem. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, is this something that you came up with or is this something that you kind of read about elsewhere? 
No, I just presented it in this way because I'm teaching uh, high school geometry. I'm tutoring high school geometry, and there's a lot of theorems um, that I teach on a weekly basis. Mm. So I kind of had that in mind when I um, developed this kind of framework to talk about it. Gotcha. Well, I will say that I'm like the worst person at math. (laughs) (laughs) So I read it and I was kind of like, okay, I totally love this. I get it. But I also was like, oh, there's the word coefficient. That's a scary word. (laughs) But I do know what you mean by it. So that's Mm -hmm. good. And one thing that you write here is basically what the passion distributions theorem is. Mm -hmm. And you said one's happiness is maximized if and only when each of the passions receives the exact amount of attention they need and approaches the unique level of expertise it aims for. Each Mm -hmm. passion or potential has a different and probably fluid coefficient that could be independent from or related to other coefficients. Higher time slash attention slash progress than desired might be as unsettling as lower time slash attention slash progress than needed to make one feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then you have this great example Mm -hmm. of like how if you take it from 100 and break it down, mm-hmm. then you can break down each little, each each sort of passion or mm-hmm. interest with a different number. So you have theater at 60, literature at 10, dance at five, et cetera. And I'm assuming that adds up to 100. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was really cool because you're like, okay, I can actually use numbers to like figure out mm-hmm. the ratio that I need in my life. And so here's how it looks for me to be happy. And here's how I'm actually dividing my time and it's not making me happy. So then you kind of went into your goals and and what you want to do with this. So maybe you can tell me a little bit more about all of that. Sure. So after that, Tiffany, um, I try to balance my schedule, not, as I said, not to equalize them, but take them towards that ideal situation that I have for myself. Mm. I found out that I definitely need to be engaged um, with my engineering side and I can't just lose it. But also, if I put most of my time in engineering and sciences and less in theater or creative arts, I wouldn't be happy. So I um, increased my engagement with theater, with um, opera. I started taking voice classes. So I am uh, getting closer to what I um, wanted, but not yet there because unfortunately the foods that are good for you are not yummy. (laughs) The jobs that could make you money (laughs) uh, are not the ones that you're most passionate about. And you you can't just quit those jobs because you need the resources and especially the financial resources to be able to do the things that are not going to pay you much. So that's what I am doing now. Obviously, this is not a concept originated by me, like the concept of the day job. But also, my day job is not something that I am detached from. It is something that I have education in and I am passionate about. I would Hmm. say that's the only thing that would make it rewarding, not just financially, but also feeling that you have a stable path that could get you the resources that you want and you don't hate it and you don't disgust it and you feel um, accomplished when you get better at it. I don't, I haven't figured out the coefficients yet, to be honest. And I think (laughs) me writing about this was a cathartic way to express this concept and to think about it in terms of my own life. The goal of 
this theorem is not to figure out what those exact numbers are, but to find out what are your passions first? What are the areas that, you, if you have 20, write those 20 down and connect mm -hmm. them with each other and just think about out of 100 or out of seven days or out of one year, what is the time that you ideally want to dedicate? And also the second part is what is the level of expertise that you want to get in them? So that's also an issue for me. So I am totally okay with being the most mediocre engineer ever existed in the world, <laughs> but I am not okay at all to create an art that is mediocre. So the level of expertise oh, that I, yeah, the level of expertise that I am happy with in theater is million times higher than the level of expertise that I am happy with in engineering. And that was also mm. a part of this self-growth that one of the reasons of my unhappiness is that I am getting what I want from engineering in the level of expertise that I want, but I'm not getting um, further in my um, performing arts field. And right. the level of expertise also requires more time these two are could be connected, but it's also about other things like networking, like putting yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And do you find that um, as you're trying to figure out sort of this balance that <laughs> like the time that you have in the day is is frustrating in that way? Or are you finding <laughs> that there's actually a, a good way to like, you know, divide your time, not necessarily just in one day, but maybe over a whole week or mm -hmm. whatever? That's a very good question. Um, I told my friend and coworker two days ago that I it's middle of the week and I'm already tired. And she said, because you do so <laughs> much in one day, no one is doing as many things as you do. And when I get to work and I am working with my AutoCAD and I'm designing pipelines and stuff, I listen to an opera mm -hmm. podcast or I'm listening to opera to learn about opera. So mm -hmm. I'm doing two things at the same time again. Because like I'm here yeah, for eight hours, I don't have enough time after work to just start pursuing my art. I need to start when I'm working. And with listening is easy. You can't always listen and work at the same time. So, uh, but most days are just very, very hyper booked. And I, I never liked being a busy person because I'm very slow and I like to appreciate things in a very slow way. But after the... Sure the text that I wrote I figured that yeah maybe I need to compromise that um, <laughs> I need to increase my pace and I need to stick to a more jammed schedule yeah I under I totally understand that like I am the same way like I have so many interests and so many things that I'm trying to do and a lot of them is career-based for me but I'm sort of trying to figure out a career where I can have those various different interests and basically yeah it's really hard to you know, to organize all that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's like you end up being tired, you end up being, um, yes, fulfilled, but you're also like, wow, I'm sometimes it's just overwhelming. And you're like, I'm doing too many things, but all the things are important, or mm -hmm. all the things are interesting. So I think this passion distribution theorem is a really good first step, at least in finding out how to balance those things and like, okay, which category do I want to have the higher numbers in and which categories do I want to have the lower numbers in and at least gives you a guidepost for that. Mm -hmm. But I can totally understand like, <laughs> being really tired. I think a lot of us can understand that. <laughs> That's true. I wanted to also add that the comments that uh, Putty Pete community wrote under this post uh, were mind-blowingly good. 
Yes, I was going to mention that too. Yeah. The engagement that happened on your post was like so cool. And I personally didn't have a lot of things to add because I thought that people had brought up a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. po- points. But were there any points in particular that really resonated with you? Um, well, I love that everyone explained about their own system with this problem. We've mm-hmm. got like one person said, I do pie charts. One person categorization was very, very interesting. So I felt that this is something that we all have taught about. And because there was no system to think about it and to practice it, we came up with our own system in our own room. And I was thinking about, like, there is this potential of working on a system altogether to include all of these amazing points that everyone brought up so that for someone who is new to Polytribe, read about it in an article or something and just maybe calculate their own, maybe like a quiz, calculate their own coefficients or like find their own categories, their passions and how how much they want to put in any of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. I almost feel like you could write like a whole book on like the different (laughs) ways that people are organizing all of their passions. Mm -hmm. Because there were so many comments by people, replies to your post that were like, this is how I do it. And I do it this way. Oh, wow. I never thought about doing it that way. I do it this other way. And (laughs) I, um, I agree. Like, I think that we're all obviously thinking about this in some way, even if we haven't figured out a system that we're, mm-hmm. you know, categorizing things or or organizing things, we're still thinking about it. I think about it all the time. I'm like, yeah. okay, here's my to-do list. Oh my God. <laughs> How am I going to decide what's more important than this other thing throughout the day and that kind of thing? So yeah, it's something I think as multi-potentialites, like we have to think about. Exactly. I also want to say that I'm not the only person who, in the replies I was reading, I'm not the only person who thought your baby birds analogy was really good. (laughs) I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that it resonated with many people. Yeah. You're saying that, you know, you have these passions for engineering and these passions for theater, but you also are a very good writer. So I just want you to know that. Thank you. Well, uh, there was a time in I also want to be a writer and a playwright. So that's one of the Ah, 20 things that I want to be. Um, and I'm not. <laughs> there you go. Well, you could definitely, if you had time for it, I am not suggesting you put more things on your plate, but you could probably have a pretty interesting blog. Actually, I wanted to also start a playwriting club in New York, <laughs> but there is no playwriting club. It's very interesting because I looked at Meetup. Really? And there, yeah, there is so many writing clubs, like short stories, just general writing, but I'm very interested in playwriting. Yeah. And there was no Meetup that is only for playwriting. There's poetry writing and huh. poetry writing, shorter story writing, fiction, memoir. All of these are out there. There's a playwriting club. That's really interesting. Is there a screenwriting group? Yes. Okay. Mm. Interesting. You would think that playwriting would also be something that people would gather around. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know why. So strange, especially in New York. Yeah. Playwriting, yeah. I think it's very technical in many ways. Mm, that could be. I haven't done a lot of playwriting, but I have done screenwriting, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I could see that. I've read a lot of plays because um, mm-hmm. my my minor was in English for my first degree, and so I read a lot of <laughs> plays and um, a lot of poetry and other things too. But definitely read plays in there as well. So another one of our members mentioned in this whole thread a book called "Get Everything Done and Still Have Time to Play." I haven't read this book. But it sounds like something that I might want to read at some point because I would like to be able to get everything done and still have time to play. 
<laughs> I would love to read that too. I'm not even sure that it's yeah. possible, but I'll give it a try. Right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I just was thinking, like, maybe we'll put it in our show notes so people can go check it out and see if Mm -hmm. that's something that might resonate with them. Yeah. Is there anything else you might want to say about your process, about being a multi-potentialite, anything like that? I I just want to say that before, um, now I'm doing everything. There was a time before I got this job that I was doing nothing. Um, And it was a very difficult time. I was unemployed and I put posts on uh, PolyTribe about how I feel like my multi-potentiality is a burden in my life. And it is, it is keeping me from many things that I want. It's also keeping me behind everyone that I know who are specialists. Okay. And um, the party tribe community really, really helped me go through that. I was very, very depressed and in pain, in real pain. And I really appreciated that uh, many people wrote about their experience on that post. And because it was something that I knew that they have gone through, it was very genuine and very authentic. And I could totally Mm -hmm. get relieved and calmed by those comments. But it wouldn't happen anywhere else outside of the party tribe because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that anyone is understanding the pain that is coming with multiple yeah, I just wanted to uh, shout out to all the party peeps that would write on a post like that, not only my post, but posts that pe- people in difficult times are putting themselves in a vulnerable position and expressing what they're going through. And we, we all gather around and just hold their hands and they give them a ritual hike. And that makes them more, like, more strong to go through that. It's really nice to have a place where you know that people understand what you're going through, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. It's just really important to have people around you, even if they're online, just people mm-hmm. that you can communicate with in that way. So that's really awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, are you working on anything in particular that you want to plug right now? Anything like that? Well, yeah. Um, so I am a panel coming up with the data school of NYC 2020. I have three panelists. We are bridging the gap between data science and performance studies. So I have um, people on the panel who are performers, choreographers, dancers, but they have done projects with data, which is very exciting. Wow, that's so interesting. It just makes me think that like so many things intersect. Like we think sometimes Mm -hmm. that, you know, this thing is on its own and this thing is on its own, but you can make things work together in so many different ways. That's really cool. Exactly. Awesome. So when is that happening? It is on March 7th. It is um, at the CUNY School of Law in uh, Long Island City, Queens. Hopefully, if we have listeners out that way, then they can maybe come and experience that. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, that would be lovely. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, being willing to chat with me about your passion distribution theorem. This was so interesting. And if you listeners are on the Putty Tribe and you want to go check out the post, go on the Putty Tribe and search for it. And uh, maybe we'll even put a link in the show notes so you can go find it. And that would be great. So yeah, thanks, Nyusha. Thank you. Well, thank you to Nyusha and Vanessa for the great conversation. It's great to have the chance to highlight that 
forum topic and conversation that uh, Nyusha started there a few weeks ago, because it really was something that um, captured a lot of people's attention, how to approach your multiple passions and your interests. And, and I mean, especially when you're at Nyusha's level, as you heard, where you have like multiple degrees involved in so many projects. And we all know what it's like. I mean, we're driven to do these things. We we want to have the time and see them through and really get the most out of them. And that's it. It's a challenge to balance your time and your schedule and uh, and to make it all happen. So just the, the concept of there being an approach, even a scientific approach, to making sense of that is great. It's a great start, and I think that's why it really resonated with the people on the forum. So as I say, we, uh, we did put the link to that discussion in the show notes. You can easily go and check it out for all members of the Putty Tribe. And uh, follow along, maybe maybe add some more. Of course, you know, it's great uh, with our forum discussion. I mean, people can go back to things that have been there for months or maybe even years and just kind of pick up where they left off. And that's a good segue into our first putty peep of the week, who is Amethyst. Uh, some of you will recognize Amethyst. She was a member of the Putty Tribe, joining back in July of 2018. Was a member for about half a year, I believe. And then, you know, as people do, of course, we get busy and things come up. And she retired from the group for a while, about a year. And then she came back at the beginning of December. She says, I'm uh, back after almost a year hiatus. A long story, but uh, happy to be back, she says. Happy to see some familiar names, familiar avatars. Now, Amethyst is currently into our new spirituality group, uh, Efficiently Managing Info. And there you go, reclaiming time for projects is certainly the theme of this episode. She is in Maryland in the United States and is also into paddleboarding, POI spinning, I think that is, swimming, uh, martial arts, horseback riding, fashion, comparative mythology, etc., etc. She's got lots of things on the go. So it's great to see Amethyst again. She is our first Putty Peep profile for this week. And secondly, we have Herlene. She is a fellow Canadian. She's out in Burnaby, next to Vancouver in British Columbia. She is currently into digital painting, daily comics, 3D modeling, and animation. But I got to say she's into music too. And I've, I've rarely seen anyone jump into the Putty Tribe this deeply and this consistently. She joined our group back in the 5th of December of 2019. And right away, I think within a day or two, she started a, a post about sharing her daily music creations, kind of um, electronica, maybe a little bit of jazz-type influence stuff she just kind of dabbles around with on her her keyboard. And she basically committed to just, you know, posting something every day. And she did. She did for like 30 days or so, 31 days. When I, I was checking, the last post that she did was on the 17th of January. So it really was a good solid month of virtually every single day sharing just these little tidbits, you know, a couple of minutes long or so with the group. You know, we've talked so much about things like consistency, commitment, accountability, and all that kind of stuff in this podcast and with our group, just in terms of keeping the focus and keeping our momentum going with things. Well, even if you're not particularly interested in music or the type of music she's doing, it's really worth just seeing how committed and dedicated she was to this project of getting her music out there to share with the group. It's really quite impressive. Now, she does have a personal website, but if you go there, it says a new site is coming soon, so keep an eye on it. The URL is herleendualan.com, H-E-R-L-E-E-N-D-U-A-L-A-N.com. That's Herlene. She is, of course, pursuing lots of things and various types of interests. She teaches English as a second language, 
um, into a lot of the digital arts and modeling, 3D modeling, stuff like that. And uh, like so many of us, she is focusing now on building a renaissance business. So we'll have to get in touch with her about that and get some of her story. And you can also find her on uh, Instagram under a couple usernames, which kind of sound like snails. So the first one, I am a snail, S, <laughs> I-M-A-S-N-A-I-L-S. And there's, I think, a parallel account, which is miscellaneous snails, M-I-S-C. S-N-A-I-L-S. That's where you can find Herlene over on Instagram. Uh, oh, there's another one too. It's Instagram is Pensnail, okay, P-E-N-S-N-A-I-L. So snail seems to be the theme when it comes to Herlene and Instagram. Anyway, she's got lots on the go. Check her out and I'd love to get her on the podcast here soon and learn a bit more about her. So Herlene, if you're listening, and I hope you are, uh, feel free to get in touch. Beyond that, well, the same goes to everyone listening, of course. We're always open to comments and feedback and suggestions for topics. If you want to send us any ideas, you're more than welcome to. And, of course, if you'd love to come on the show and talk about uh, whatever project you're working on, it's a great experience for accountability when you do something like that. And uh, we all love learning about what the members of this community are up to. So you can leave us a message on the forum or you can send us an email, themultipodcast at gmail.com and we'll get back to you uh, right away. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back again in a couple weeks, and uh, we wish you a great February, everybody. Take care. Bye.